The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, Ralph Marlboro here. We need your support to keep Saints Happy Hour going this offseason. Please support the show by becoming a patron so we can continue to cover the Saints in the ridiculous fashion you've come to expect. If you support the show, you get access to the podcast ad-free. No ads ever. Plus, you get our world-famous booze bundle, four swag items, amazing. And you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7. So please support Saints Happy Hour so we can keep this amazing community growing. Support the show at SaintsHappyHour.com today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This one's free, but you should become a patron so you can get access to the number one Saints podcast in the world and number one football podcast in Malta every single day. Do it. You get the booze bundle pack. You get access to the Discord channel. You get it all, Andrew. I am beyond excited that we're number one in Malta, and we got another good guest. I feel like, Andrew, I got Randy Mueller, and now you're just hitting us with awesome guests. You got Moscona. You got We got Sean Fox from the sports director of Sports Talk 97.7 in Ruston Monroe to join us. Like You're just killing it with guests now, Andrew. <laughs> well, I'm pumped for this one. Uh, you know, Sean has been great to our show. He's been really great to me for a long time. And I don't even know how much our patrons and our listeners know this, but, but uh, you know, gosh, for for years now I've been going on 97, seven every week and, you know, just talking about saints and, you know, just having an opportunity to promote the podcast. And Sean's been great to let me do that. And uh, I have to say, whenever I go on a show, you know, it's a 15 minute segment and there's a requirement that I'm a little buttoned up. So I, yeah, I can't let my hair down. I can't talk like I do on this podcast and I have to be tight or straight laced and yeah, just tight. And uh, you know, so now, the shoes on the other foot, Sean, and I'm just looking forward to a more relaxed setting with you where, uh, where I don't have to be that way. <laughs> well, l- l- let's get out of the way. The fact that you feel that way, I think is bullshit. So let's go ahead and get the first curse word out of the way. Uh, cause it's a podcast and Andrew, I appreciate all those kind words, but I do take uh, quite a bit of, of umbrage with you. And I think you know why, uh, you mentioned a name and my eyes rolled back in the head as far as possible. The name was Matt Moscona. And uh, I know y'all might be like 17th cousins, but, That's right. you know, I, I've been good to you. That's right. Douche, for a long time. Drag and him, Lord Sean. Mas- Drag Lord, him. Lord, Lord, Lord Moscona gets to come on the Saints Happy Hour podcast before do before I do. I, I'd say I'm, I'm not offended, but 
I'm pretty pretty offended. Yeah, it's an outrage. It's a disgrace. I'm I'm embarrassed. Please forgive me. You know, I know he's I know I know he's done a good job. Uh, he he's made quite the reputation for himself. But humble humble brag here, and this may surprise some of your audience in Louisiana. But my station in little old Monroe Rustin is actually the largest all sports station in the state of Louisiana. Well, that's what that. Just, I, I know it's I know it's Monroe and it's not the biggest market, but we're pretty proud of what we've got. Well, the thing is, people in Louisiana know like Monroe, Ruston, they're sports crazy. They're football sports crazy in a way. I know people in New Orleans and, and that area think they are, are football crazy, but like yeah. West Monroe, Ruston, Washington, like all of it, man, they are football crazy. How was it this year, Sean, with co- like with COVID just like throwing a monkey wrench into everybody's well, lives? But like that's such a big part of everything there. Football, Friday, you close down, you, you go into the game. Like how did it affect – not just the station, but like just your life and like how you how you do yeah. your you know it's like it's the fall it's football and now it's kind of not. Yeah, it, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Ralph. And, and I, I do want before I get into that, I do want to bring something up that that really bothers me is that there is this perception by a lot of Saints fans in South Louisiana and I and look, I grew up in in Metairie and Mandeville. Actually ended up in North Louisiana going to St. Paul's and never left. But, I mean, I've got family. My mom lives and my sister live in Mandeville and Madisonville. My brother lives in Destrehan. And at heart, I'm, I'm still a South Louisiana guy. But there's this perception that once you get above Alexandria, that it's a bunch of Cowboys fans. <laughs> and, and I got to be honest with you. That was true for a while. That stereotype pisses me off. Because I've been doing this show for 15 and 6 or probably maybe 16 or 17 years now. And look, I'm just using my show as a gauge, but I've been coming here. My parents divorced when I was two. So I've been, my dad's from Monroe. I've been coming up here my whole life. And not one time, whenever I came and visited, did they air a Cowboys game over a Saints game? They've always aired that. Now, once you get to Shreveport and Northwest Louisiana, it, it gets to different. be a little bit different. But here, I've always, when I've come and visit, they've always had Saints games over. Uh, Cowboys games now that being said I'm not going to tell you that there's not Cowboys fans up here there is but you know the fact that there's a lot of people who feel oh it's Cowboys country now it's like 70 30 um well but Saints here's the Cowboys fans you know here's the, here's the thing man the Cowboys haven't been to an NFC championship since I was a sophomore in high school and I'm 45 like so yeah, I was like a junior high. So yeah, so like the Saints, the last fifteen years with Breeze have been a not you know they've only they only won run one Super Bowl, but they were a glamour elite in prime time winning all the time team. Even right. before that, they won with they won a playoff game with Brooks. They were interesting and frustrating with Hazlitt. like the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They've won, but they haven't been they haven't been America's team like in a way that they were when I was a child where they were good and the Saints were trash or Jim Mora, like, and they had Jimmy Johnson and they were dominant. Like, they ain't been that in the generation, man. I mean, I know they still drive the bus on ESPN and everything, but as far as Louisiana, like, I think think that's a great way to start, Sean. Like, it's a myth of the Cowboys. Yes. Except in, in, you know, Shreveport in that area. And and Shreveport, I I pretty much call them – 
Texas. Like it, I call it Shreveport, <laughs> Texas. Like they they want to be Texas so bad it hurts. But even but here's the thing: like even the Saints Super Bowl year, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this before, because I'm sure this caught your attention, is that when the Saints made the run of the Super Bowl, there was so many calls and complaints to the Fox affiliate in uh, Shreveport that they had to start doing weekly votes. It's like, who should we air this Sunday? And most of the time, it ended up being Saints games. So I'm- There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. It just goes to show you that if you're successful, people will start paying attention to you. But I I, I got that and I completely distracted you about how things were this fall. And, And I think like everybody else, um covid was a nightmare uh, especially last year at this time when everything first got started it was so weird up here guys like 2020 for a lot of people i get it was the year from hell and for us in particular uh, it's been amazing what's happened to our neck of the woods and really the last since 2019 in 2019 a tornado hit ruston and um it damaged the Louisiana Tech facilities. I'm sure you saw that. And, mm-hmm. and out of it, out of the darkness, has become like Tech's got one of the best baseball facilities, I think, now in the country that just opened this month. And their uh, team is um, damn same, good, by the way. And their team is really good. Um, and, like, we had a tornado. And then we had um, we had uh, the, same, the same hurricane, the first one. Well, actually, both of them. The two that hit Lake Charles, and, look, they got it way worse than we did. But we got both of those, and this is the first time a Category 1 has ever hit up here. And so we had the hurricane. We had both hurricanes that hit there, hit here. Now, granted, not the same magnitude, but we also had the same week around um, uh, Easter time. We had two tornadoes hit the Monroe area. And in between those two tornadoes, our, our station actually avoided those two tornadoes as far as damage. But there was another serious storm that came through in the middle of the uh, of the night, like two o'clock in the morning, and completely destroyed our tower. So we were off the air as far as ninety seven point seven. We we got back on the air two weeks ago, as far as back on ninety seven point seven. Now we we're lucky enough to go over to a sister station that was 
um, a little bit, it's less wattage than we are. Thank God we had that, but we had all that within two. Oh, 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 oh by the way, the pandemic. Yeah. That and, and, and pandemic advertising thing. got so bad because of, uh, look, and I get it. We're, we're run by local businesses. People weren't open. I mean, if it wasn't for the PPP loan that I know a lot of us relied on, I don't know if I'd be here right now. So like 2020 for us, like everybody else was, was kind of the year for hell because on top of a pandemic, we had hurricanes, we had tornadoes and, and we started talking like we're the flagship on our show for LSU. We have high school football. You just mentioned how big high school football is. We were like, what, what is going to happen to us? If football doesn't happen this year, and I'll admit I was very selfish, but this is how I feed my family. I was thinking like by any means necessary, we have to have a football season this year. And even as weird as it was, I'm very thankful and thank God we did have. I remember me and Andrew were talking about if they were going to have a football and there was a stretch where we were like, I don't know if they're going to do it. And then I stumbled on to the 1983 NFL season where They went on strike for nine weeks and they did a nine game season and they put like 24 teams in the playoffs. And then I was like, oh, they're 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 fucking having a season like even if it's even if it's six weeks and they got to take a month break like they're having a season. It's happening. They're handing out a Lombardi. It may be the weirdest, craziest season you ever saw in your life. They might play 16 games, but they're having a season. And it ended up being I guess like they played 16 games. It was, it was weird, but it wasn't like, yes. it wasn't like baseball but, or anything. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, totally wacko. Um, but I, I once I discovered the 1983 season, I was like, they're, they're having a season. Like they're not, they're not, but they're, I, they got to get this money. I, I did think from the, from the very, like, first of all, the, the NFL, look, they completed the whole year. Thank God. College football season. You didn't know who was going to play from week to week. You, you saw the high school football season. They did play it out to the very end, but that was, you know, you thought you were going to play a game. Uh, I mean, that that fluctuated week to week. The NFL, even besides the Baltimore situation with the Steelers where they played on like a Tuesday, um, they, they did it. But from week one, when the Saints played Tampa Bay in an empty Superdome, I just kept thinking, look, I, my, my whole thought was, thank God we're having it. This is weird. Yeah. It just did no, not seem right to play a game in the Superdome with that few people there. This whole season was just, uh, I mean, I'll never forget it in the sense that you said it, it was weird. And yet they found a way to get through it. And I, I just think we'll watch football. It was the weirdest thing. I saw a clip the other day of, it was like the 2019 or 2018 season. And I was watching highlights and it was Cam Newton and he wasn't wearing a mask and he was like two inches away from his other quarterback and they had <laughs> their arms around each other's shoulders and it and, and it just looked weird it was like it was a time where it was like oh yeah the pandemic wasn't around you didn't have to socially distance you didn't have to worry about masks you could be two inches from each other's face and laughing and like you just don't see that anymore so it was interesting how just like that little clip just felt different um but Sean, you're you're a lifelong Saints fan, yes. and and you grew up a Saints fan, and we're mm-hmm. we're about the same age. But I'm just curious. I mean, everyone has a different perspective on like what ignited the fire. What are your earliest memories, and like what? Well, like when you think back to like this is it for me. This is what I care about. Is there like a genesis moment for you as a Saints fan? 
So I, I'm so, and he, I, we may have talked about this before on the show, but I, I'm such a Saints fan that my daughter is 10. You can do the math, name Peyton. Love it. Um, yeah. Um, we were very happy that the Saints won the Super Bowl. Uh, and if, and if we would have had a boy, it would have been Porter. So, like, uh, I, if you cut me open, I, I bleed black and gold. And, you know, I, I feel like, like where I live in particular, this is, really you know louisiana sportsman's paradise but where i live it really is like people hunt they fish and god love them for it i don't relate to it because that's not how i was raised my dad didn't do it my stepdad didn't do it i grew up watching football like that's what we did that's what i did with my dad said that instead of went hunting fish we watched football and on saturdays it was lsu and on sunday it was the saints and and honestly like my earliest and this is kind of how I got into radio, but it was like, if you were talking about what's the first game you remember where well, I remember there's one in the one that stands out the most is probably as a kid, a playoff game, the Eagles playoff game. Cause I remember as a kid watching the Buffalo Oilers game, the comeback oh, and, my, yeah. and my mom and stepdad left because they went to the Saints Eagles game. And I remember my, my stepdad and his best friend got into a fist fight at the Saints Eagles game. They were drunk and pissed off. But that's like one of the earliest members, uh, memories I had. But I got into radio because I grew up as a kid and my show, and I've kind of tried to do the same format. I grew up listening to Buddy D. Yeah, me too. Laying in my yep. bed, listening to Buddy D. You know, and Ralph used to work for Buddy D. I did. I, I had no idea. Little, really? I was his last producer. You're kidding. No, I was his last. That's I produ- amazing. I produced that is, show I, the I, last I never knew that. two years. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not know that. Well, okay. When you, so y'all, you all get this and, and New Orleans will get this. Growing up, things were very different. One, I don't even know if these rules, the blackout rules even apply anymore, but the Saints were awful. So I, 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 the only time I ever saw Saints at home was NFL prime time, and you saw Berman and, and, and TJ doing the highlights. That's the only time I ever saw the Saints in black oh, yeah. and gold you, because they were when always we, when blacked we, out. When we were kids, you had to be in the stadium. If you Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Radio. Well, and people, kids don't, people today don't realize. The old games, like they didn't put the score in the box of, and the and the scores rotated. You had to wait for Brent Musburger to do an update, and they might they might just like break in. It was like the breaking news siren that we play on this podcast. They would be like yeah. Brent Musburger would just be like, "Oh yeah, we just want to give you an update. The Saints are playing Seattle, and the Saints just blocked a punt, and they're down seventeen right. ten. And then you'd go and back, and it would be like, yes. "Oh my God, what's going on?" You know. And, and, and so because of that, I grew up listening to Jim Henderson. That's right. And, and, and that kind of began my love of radio was Buddy D and Jim Henderson because I wasn't able to watch the Saints on TV. Mm. And yeah, that's kind and, of my earliest memories of it. And the thing is with, with the, the, the thing that's great about the radio, though, is it's really, to, to my way of thinking, Sean, it's really a personal medium because you mm-hmm. listen to it but you can't really interact back when we you know maybe you can now you email the show or whatever oh the, but, the, you te- the text line and all that yeah but but you know back when i was a kid like you it was a one-way thing you listen to buddy d and that was it like or you listen to the game you didn't interact with it at all and it's very like personal it's you and the radio so it's really 
it's really uh, interesting to me. I mean, I, I can remember certain games. I can remember the Saints played the Rams the year Dickerson ran for 2,000 yards, I think, and they beat Holy them 6 nothing, and they held Dickerson to like 75 yards rushing. And I was just riveted listening to this 6 nothing game on the radio. You know, I was a weird child. Uh, no, no, no. But, but I think we all were, were weird children. But it, you're, you're just like when you say that, I, I remember bits and pieces of the Dome Patrol. You mentioned Eric Dickerson. I remember watching a game in California. They were playing in California. I think this is when the, the NFC was on CBS. And I remember Jerome Bettis was a running back. And then like maybe one of my, the, 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 I can laugh about it now. I didn't laugh about it then, but this is, you know, this, there's certain things. Like I used to keep a scrapbook. Like anytime the saints made the, the, the race in the morning was between me and my stepdad to see who would get the times picked first. Yeah. Um, in the morning. And I wanted to get it before he defiled it in the bathroom. Um, and if the Saints signed anybody, drafted anybody, I'd cut it out and I made a scrapbook. And I was like, oh, my God, we got the missile Quadri Ismail. This is the greatest day ever. Or, like, Mark Fields, are you kidding me? This is the greatest linebacker of all time. But I remember as a kid, and they were going back to the VHS days, that the Saints had gotten off to a 7-0, yeah, 8-0 start. Yep. yep. And they played the Bears. Yep. In the dome, Morton Anderson hits a sixty-yard field yep. goal at, at at the gun at halftime. Okay, but okay, I, yes, but they lost the game. I think Neil. That's right. It was Jim Harbaugh and Neil Anderson. Yep, and Did I rec- I recorded over my parents' wedding tape oh. with that game. <laughs> Please tell me you still have that. Yep, still got it. Nice. About about ten years ago, I found it and watched it. And I was I like, to, how did we lose this game? <laughs> I have to go back to that. You you referenced that Bills Oilers playoff game. Mm-hmm. And that that's one that sticks in my memory. That was before the Saints Eagles game. That's right. Because you know, we always talk about 28 to 3 and how funny that is, but like the the Oilers were up 35 to 3. Do you, remember, do you remember the Peter King? Do you remember the Peter King story? Have you heard that? Where he grabbed a this is the the pre like bag phone days. He's like he offered mm-hmm. he asked a guy next to him, "Can I borrow your phone to start making plane reservations for like the, the, whatever the Oilers' next game was?" Because I mean it was over. Yeah, yeah. And it, Frank Reich, I mean Frank Reich, like, man. Yeah. <sighs> Missed I mean, those days. Simpler times. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace 
eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you so you can shop confidently, knowing your pair is the real deal. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. You know, the, the Saints, uh, I look at them and it's just been a goal. It's been a golden age and you look at what they've become and, and they, they have people that they have people that don't even know like the Saints. They think seven and nine is difficult. And I'm glad oh. that they have an entire generation of, of Saints fans, Sean, that like don't know. We we praise seven and nine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like. You might have been frustrated with Hazlitt. You might have been. We were really frustrated. Me and Andrew, when we do this podcast, like we we called the loop the seven and nine loop of sadness. But <laughs> it wasn't a. There was never, and I've said this for twenty years for the Saints. There was. There's never been a sense of utter fucking hopelessness where you woke up on Sunday morning and you were like, "There's no fucking way they're winning the game," like. They they don't know what they're doing. They're dysfunctional. They're fucking hopeless. And you watch them because you love them, even though they don't deserve it. And they have a whole generation of Saints fans. They don't understand that. And I'm glad. Like I like I look at it not as like other Saints as young Saints fans as my children, but like I wouldn't want my son to be have like a miserable experience of like you know what would toughen you up, son? Go through the Great Depression. That would make you a better man. No, like fuck that. I like I want Saints fans to be spoiled and to not know horribleness. Like that would be perfectly fine with me. Um, so, what well, hell? We we celebrated our banner was selling out season tickets at one time. <laughs> like that's what we praised. That was the greatest thing that ever happened, right? Like, oh my god, we sold out season tickets and we're not going to be blacked out. Let's put a fucking banner up. Like the, that's the, that's now look at us. The 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 there was a point where the greatest thing that ever happened to us was Tom Dempsey hitting his sixty three yards. Dude, field. it was. Yeah. But. But the biggest difference that this generation, or how I feel, and, and I asked with, with, with Andrew, we talked about this the other day, what Drew Brees meant. And, Ralph, to your point, I remember what it was like growing up every Sunday being like, oh, shit, we won. Like, the Saints <laughs> won a football game. This wasn't supposed to happen. Even in the seven and nine years, I expected him to go on every Sunday that we had a chance and probably should win. They, and that's the biggest change that's happened to where yeah. it was a surprise whenever they won to expect to win. They didn't sell out back-to-back games in the Superdome until 1987. They didn't win four games in a row until 1987. Like, the Saints were in the 70s and you could make an argument from 67 to 87, you can make a really, really strong argument that the Saints were the worst organization in professional sports. Like, that's how 
bad they were. And by well, the way, even in the nineties, you better pray that Hibernia Bank bought up the last ten thousand tickets <laughs> so it could sell out. That's right. I forgot about that. Those are the days where you're like, are they gonna, are they gonna, are they gonna make the sellout this week so I can watch? And it was celebrated. It was like praise. Like that was almost like a win. Like, oh shit, we can watch them on TV. No, it was, and and um, I, my thing is, what do you think with 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 Drew Brees gone now? Uh, oh, oh no, I I know what I was gonna say. Andrew, yep. I th- I thought of this. Somebody sent me a DM. We need to do a worst ever Saints coaches bracket. That's what I. That's oh what yeah, Ditka. <laughs> well, no, he was yeah. saying like because you got to have sixty four. He was saying like Venturi. Ooh. Uh, well, I'm just putting Ditka as a one seed. This year we're made of iron. Jesus, Spags, I, still, I mean, Spags I can't get rid has of that. to be in the mix. Spags has to be hot, yeah. right? I mean, they had seven coaches. They Carl had seven Smith. seven Saints coaches the first fifteen years of the team. Like they had some bad ones. Like, oh, can you can you do assistance? Or are we just talking? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can do you can do anything Carl you Smith. want. But I'm talking. They had love some Daniel Bramwitz, the wide receiver, and maybe not the OC. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you nailed that. I mean, Sean, are you a are you a, so going into the season now? Yeah. Are, are are you a Jameis guy or are you a Taysom guy? Um, Jameis Hill, Jameis Winston, um. <laughs> I love I love Taysom Hill, the football player. And I know, like, I love watching people who don't follow the Saints on a regular basis make shitty comments about Taysom Hill's contract. Like, I got no problem paying that guy that much money who plays a thousand different positions. Um, I like Taysom Hill a lot. I I believe in Jameis Winston, the quarterback. I, I believe in second chances, and I have a real issue with like has Jameis made some mistakes? There's no doubt. Um, on and off the field. But I do believe in second chances. Um, his kind of love for Drew Brees the other day was was very eye-opening. And, I mean, heck, you, you couldn't help but get kind of emotional yourself. But And I had this conversation the other day on my show about why – like, we live in an era now where we move on from quarterbacks so quickly – like, say what you will about Carson Wentz, but three years ago, this was a guy who was going to win the MVP if he didn't get hurt. In 2018, he was pretty good. In 2019, he was pretty good. In 2020, he was bad, but then he's gone. I was like, he, he, I, I think Carson Wentz is redeemable. And I, and I did, and I brought this up, like Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is a story that we can all root for. But do you remember what Alex Smith was like as a rookie? He was, I think he threw one touchdown and bad. 11 interceptions. Yeah. Bad. That would never survive today. I mean, we're talking about Tua, possibly Miami moving on from Tua already when Tua wasn't probably supposed to play this year. The fact that he came back from that terrific injury to me to play this year is amazing. And I'm bringing that up about Jameis is where Jameis has been, and I'm, I'm not trying to sound like Jameis is one of one, but I do agree with <laughs> I do agree with him on this. There, I do think there is an unfair narrative about Jameis Winston where he is treated like he has been a trash quarterback his entire career, and I don't believe that. He is one of seven players ever to throw for 5,000 yards. That's not by accident. I think, obviously, learning under Sean Payton and Drew Brees has made an impact, and if he can't do it with these guys, then he's not going to do it ever. 
And the way I'm going into this season right now is this. I feel like we're playing with house money. I don't expect a Super Bowl this year. That's been the expectations the last five or six years. I think one of two things is going to happen, and I'm okay either way. Either what what I think Jameis can be is going to happen, and Jameis Winston is going to be a very successful quarterback, and he is going to make a ton of money, or two, the haters will be right, the Saints will suck, and we're going to have a high draft pick next year. I don't see the downside. I feel like we're playing with house money this year. The only downside is I, I've everything I've read. The quarterback draft for next year is is, is probably not good. It's but hey, maybe Russell Wilson be out of Seattle by then. But Andrew, I'm concocting a theory, and this and, and this uh, is why I go. think this is why I think Jameis is going to be really good because yes. Tampa won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, and they wouldn't give it back no matter what happened. But it would be the most fucking Bucks thing ever that they gave up on Jameis, and he ends up in Canton, and they got one year of Brady. And they got a Super Bowl, and it was cool, but they had to watch 10 years of Jameis in their division kicking their ass that would be the most tampa thing ever i think so i'm 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 getting more bullish on jamie that, that's my theory andrew you could say you could shoot it down if you like but that's that's my theory that i'm going on well i still rest on the idea that if there's one person that can redeem him and salvage him it's sean payton you know and uh look when drew Brees came to sean payton he was an accomplished quarterback already uh, but he had a significant shoulder injury. Look, completely different set of circumstances. Uh, but this is going to be a, a challenge for Sean Payton. Now, Sean Payton has gone eight and one the last two years with Bridgewater and Taysom. And that's a narrative that we bring up a lot on this show that you'll hear, hear a lot of people bring up that are kind of trying to maybe talk up Sean Payton and say that his abilities uh, go far past what, what Drew Brees can offer the team. Uh, but I think I think we all know this. He relishes this challenge. I mean, you want to call him arrogant. You want to call him maybe full of himself. Uh, and yet, I think he's as excited about life after Drew Brees as maybe anyone in or outside of the building. Sean, you think that's fair? No, there's no doubt. I mean, he sat there this whole offseason and sung his praises. But I, I want to go back to something you said that it, that it triggered something for me. And you talk about we, – we've kind of talked about redeeming Jameis. I mean, does, again, that kind of throws into the – does he really need that much redemption? It's it's like I don't I, – I don't – look, I know the 30 interceptions. That speaks for itself. But if you go back – and you guys have probably talked about this. You know, look at Bruce Arians kind of has a history. His quarterbacks in their first year throwing, yeah. a, number, throwing a number of interceptions. I think you could make the case – and. You mentioned about what Sean Payton could do for, for Jameis. Look what he did for Drew. The quarterback that Drew Brees was in San Diego was not the one that finished in New Orleans. Not even close. Drew Brees wasn't that great in San Diego. Really, he had one good year. And dare I say, Jameis was a better quarterback in Tampa than Drew was in San Diego sans one year. No, that's a, that's a fair point. And I remember talking about Drew. You know, we when, when the pandemic started – 
uh, we did a thing where we would live stream on YouTube and I would pipe in an, the, the Saints games that are condensed to 30 minutes and we would just do a running commentary. And Andrew, remember when we did the the Saints-Browns game, the first ever Sean Payton-Drew Brees game, mm-hmm. and I remember mm-hmm. you were stunned where like the Saints had like three separate times inside the 10 where it was like fourth and two, fourth and one, and they kicked field goals. And you were like, what is this? Like, And it was it like 1917, the final score? Yeah. And it was just and he a had ca- like a buck 79 passing, maybe a touchdown. Yeah, it was just a it was just a case of like Sean and Drew, like that wasn't like a thing where they dropped them in and they were awesome. Yeah, they were good in two thousand six and they went to an NFC championship game. But like the juggernaut offense, like it took a little bit of time for them to build it. And I think it could be the same thing with Jameis. Like he the thing is with him is he was such a it's and it's so long ago now he was a physical freak and phenomenon at Florida State like you looked at him and you were like this is a redshirt freshman and he is wrecking teams this dude is going to be Canton number one pick all of it and like he hasn't Andrew he hasn't really failed like in Tampa they never were like he's terrible we gotta bench him like, like he hasn't he hasn't failed in a way that a number of one overall pick would fail that a team would give up on him. His his trajectory is it's weird to me, James. Like, like it's just well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just different. It's just different, Andrew. Like, I can't think of a I can't think of a, a, another guy who was drafted number one overall and did what Jameis did and a team abandoned him. Like, it's just it's just weird. Well, they got Tom Brady, you know, and I think I think it's one of those things where if they if they didn't get him, at least from what I've heard, there was the, the next move was to resign Jameis Winston. So I, I think he was maybe a little bit of a victim of circumstance. Uh, there was the thirty interception thing, um, but that's not like that's become and and I, I think to Sean's point, you know, like it, the league has too. become it, it's become so much like what happened last season defines you and. Like he hasn't been a 30 interception guy his whole career. You know, he's had, he's had turnover problems. He's, he's struggled with consistency, but uh, that, that was a total outlier of a season, you know, and, and Breeze has had, you know, individual seasons with high interception rates and, you know, the next season he turns that around. Um, Sean, like as we look at the season with the saints, what's your hot take just on, they're obviously they're not going to be as good as they've been the last three years. Right. At least I, I, at least I'm not expecting them to be, maybe they surprise us, but like, is there anything you can point to where you feel like this has got to work? Like this is the critical piece, this, whether it's a player, whether it's a position group, whether it's just nailing the draft, like what to you is the most critical thing that needs to work for them to be competitive this year? So, so I, I think Andrew, I might be stealing your words from my station, but <laughs> <laughs> Ralph humble brag like Juice does all our local shows. He's he's our go to. He's one of our go to. He's an animal. Guys. He's watching he tape of Nick. Uh, Nick, what's the guy? They the tight end they signed. Nick Vanette. Van, Van, Van Vette. Vanette. He's Nick, Nick watching Vanette. tape of Nick Vanette Ralph, Ralph. and and sending me videos of him sealing the edge. 
Like that's about all you're going to get with Nick from what it looks like. He's going to be uh, Josh Hill 2.0. Sean, Ralph has been calling him Nick Van Exel all day. I, and I got nothing wrong. I love me some lefty Nick Van Exel number nine. Come that's on, right. forget about it. Uh, he and Vladdy Divac back in the day. Um, Eddie Jones, yeah. I've, absolutely. Uh, well, we, we're going way down the rabbit hole now. Um, but I'm kind of with you. I kind of feel like this – the offseason kind of went a little worse than I thought. I thought we'd be able to keep maybe Emmanuel Sanders, maybe Quan Alexander. I knew there'd be some attrition. Um, so I'm a little disappointed in, in that. But, again, a lot of it was expected. But I feel like they were able to keep their core players and the young, the core young players. But I kind of feel like we're, we're, we're moving past the Drew Brees era and we're kind of at a crossroads again. And the Saints were rejuvenated, obviously, as a franchise by the 2006 draft. And then the 2017 draft, after the 7-9, and 3-3, three and three, three straight 7-9 seasons, really turned the fortunes around. I just kind of feel like we need to get at least three starters from this draft. Ooh, I, I kind of feel like we're at a crossroads. That's a lot. I mean, that's asking a lot. Okay, right, three, three uh, starters, I'm using that term loosely, Ralph. Guys who are going to play rotation, yeah, rota- a rotational defensive line player at least. But um, we got to have some draftees who we're not just playing because we need a body who are good players. Is there is there a guy on the Saints that you and, and this can go back in, in in your in your childhood, your whole Saints experience? Because I, I like getting people's thoughts on this is there a saints player that you irrationally loved that like wasn't a star wasn't a whatever and it's just a guy that you just is is so like hold on is it dalton hilliard's like too good right that's he's too good of a player He's yeah. Well, though the thing is, your your love for Dalton Hilliard is so uncomfortable. Even though he probably is too good, like you love him in a way that makes it uncomfortable. So he qualifies, I guess, in this <laughs> in this question. So, Sean, usually just to give you an example, my yeah. answer to this question is Holy Kikaha. I don't I don't know why I liked him, but like I just you like saying his name. That's part of it. That's probably it. Um, that's such a good question. Um. As a kid, I, I really liked Cam Cleland a lot. I don't know why. He was good. Uh, he was good. Yeah, his first he's all right. Um, you, 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 you obviously didn't like his Achilles tendons, though. No, he, the, the, those didn't. They didn't stay together too long. Oh, that's. Oh, did we lose Sean? I think he muted himself. Am I back? Am I back? You're back. You're back. Okay. Um, you you, you frazzled me with this question. I will say, like, I. I was on the Aaron Brooks train longer than I needed to be. Uh, then a lot of people got out before I did. And I, maybe it's just because I was there in the Superdome when Jeff Blake got hurt. And even though they lost to the Raiders that day, it was fascinating football to watch. And I was in the dome when they beat the Rams for the first ever playoff game. And all the interceptions, I mean, oh my God, he's driving me nuts by. He's, uh, you know, he's smiling every time he leaves the field. But <laughs> I kept, st- I kept sticking with him until he threw the football backwards, and that is when I was I like, will, "Okay, I I'm done." S-
from rare dead stock to the latest release. You can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you so you can shop confidently, knowing your pair is the real deal. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The two saddest stadiums that I've ever left. I did not go to the 2018 NFC Championship game to the Saints, so so I don't have that that uh view of it and I'm sure that was sadder than these two but the two saddest stadiums I have ever left Sean Sean is the 2007 LSU Arkansas game where LSU lost in overtime and it looked like Triple the national championship yep. was done like that walk out of Tiger Stadium with 90,000 people was sad but even sadder than that was Saints Raiders in 2000 because the they lost Jeff Jeff Brake broke his ankle they lost Ricky Williams the week before. And this was at a moment where the Saints, they hadn't won a playoff game ever. They hadn't been good in a decade. People walking out of that stadium, like mm-hmm. people were literally having conversations of, we're never fucking winning anything. God hates us. Like we finally got a decent team with a good young coach. We lost Ricky and we lost Jeff Blake in back-to-back weeks. The Saints are cursed. Like that was the saddest stadium, the saddest walk out of the 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 from the terrace I've ever been in in my life to just go sideways. I mean, but to your point, I, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying like we all we all have like our Saints like LSU stories, and you just made me think of I was in Tiger Stadium. I guess it was 2012 because it was the, they play it was the Alabama game after the, the national, national championship, championship oh. where they kicked LSU's ass, and I was in the end zone where Yeldon caught the screen pass, and it was like everybody left like they had just got kicked in the nuts. It was the worst feeling. That is that is the worst I've ever felt leaving a football game was that day. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's clearly um, just watching Tim Couch throw a hail mary. I was in the <laughs> oh, stadium God. that day. Oh that God, terrible too. And, and and watching the Saints lose to the Browns on a hail mary. And Ditko was so despondent after that touchdown that he laid motionless on the ground. He collapsed to the turf and he laid face down on the turf and wouldn't get up. And I wondered if he had died. They had um, a- and it was it was just like that kind of thing. Here's the thing: like I wasn't in the stadium for 
in Minnesota when, you know, the Minnesota miracle mm. happened. I, mm. I, I assume that was similar for fans that were there, but like hail Mary's when you experience, like this wasn't a playoff game, but hail Mary's they, they change you because when you, when you ha- experience that on your team, just the, the, from going from the highest of the highs to the lowest and the lows in a moment's notice, when you think you have it in the bag, it's just a feeling that you never forget. And, and, and I think we've all, especially the heartbreaking ways the Saints have lost recently. Like, we, we have this debate on our show, and this is a popular debate among us as fans. It's like, what would you rather do, get your heart broken or get your ass kicked? I think if anything these last few years have shown me, please kick my ass instead of beating me at the buzzer. <laughs> like, please destroy me because at least during the game, I can experience all the stages, all seven stages of grief. Uh, because, like, I'll come to acceptance by the end of the game when you beat me at the buzzer, I feel like that is the worst, worst way to lose. Honestly, I as horrible as it was to lose to Tom Brady and then see him win a Super Bowl, I, I actually dealt with this year better because I did too because I've been numb to it. It wasn't as horrific. Like I'm so numb. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Andrew can Andrew can vouch for that. Uh, I'm as I'm just a big believer in. You turn over the ball in the playoffs, you're fucked. And when they had two, when they had two more turnovers than Tam, when the Saints had two more turnovers than the Bucks, I was like Andrew. Ninety three percent of teams that turn over the ball twice, two more times than the other team, they lose. It's done. And Andrew was yeah. like, Ralph, it's it's still tied. I'm like, the stats say it's done. So like I had like begin to begun to accept it, but it's. The Tampa game for me, though, is just – I think it's going it, to – it lingers with me forever just because when you add – Sean, when you add COVID and no fans and mm-hmm. they lost because stupid Cooks fumbled the ball, yep. we just didn't – we didn't get a proper goodbye for Drew. Yes. And, and, and we wouldn't have got it anyway. Even if they had beat Tampa, there was nobody there. He – he would it would have been a happy walk in the tunnel, but it still would have been a walk in the tunnel. It wouldn't have been great though. But because they lost and we didn't have fans, like we didn't get a proper goodbye to the yeah, best and- Saints player we're ever going to see in our entire life, and and that to me, I just hate it, and and that's why the Tampa loss will just yeah. I think linger forever. For I, me. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna second that and add and add to it, Ralph is. I, I'm I've, I'm accepting the loss. Like that's it is what it is. I'm used to it at this point. Um, the biggest thing that that's going to bother me forever, just as a fan, is that guy who has done so much for this state in this region. If anybody deserved a farewell tour in front of a full house, it was that guy, and he had to leave like that. Not not the loss. But to a damn near empty Saint Stadium, Superdome, that bugs me. And I don't know if I'm going to get over that for a long time. It's not the loss. It's the fact that that guy deserved a victory lap, and he didn't get it. Well, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what the rules are. I don't care what protocol is to get in. I'm talking half the time of week one, this upcoming season, assuming there's fans – Drew Brees, that his name needs to go in the ring of honor at halftime yep. of week one. He needs to be at midfield, waving to all the fans and getting that experience because uh, 
like you said, it's kind of unfair. You, you, you bypass whatever rules are in place and you make that happen. <laughs> Amen. I, I can't add to that. They need a statue of Drew. Like they have Gleason and 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 one exit, one entrance. They need Drew holding Balin with the trophy, uh, in one of the entrances too. Just because that memory makes us so happy as a fan base. I would love that to 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 walk past that every time I go in the dome. And you can't build statues of of I think Sean nowadays anything but athletes cuz mm. anything else is kind right. of contentious, right? Um but that's what I want. I think I think we need a statue. We need a statue of him. They need a statue of Drew and they need to get Gleason in the Ring of Honor before he leaves us. Uh they I, need to I get can't believe that hasn't done. happened yet. And and, and and to your point on Breeze you know, we're all looking, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it. We we all have. It's like, what's his legacy? And you could talk about all the 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 accolades and the Super Bowl win, but to me, it's it's the family man. It's 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 raising Balin after the Super Bowl. It's the interaction he had with his kids after he broke the record for what I don't know if it was passing yards. I guess was against the Redskins on Monday Night Football, and all the kids came down, and then it's. You know, being with the kids after the game in the Superdome, after the Bucks lost for two hours, to me, that's that's the legacy of the guy. It, it, it's those things. So, yeah, I think anything that shows him interacting with his kids, I'm all for Because to me, that's that's who he was. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that, to me, like, as I get older and I always have a child, you know, those are the important things in life. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure. 
how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So, Sean. That's well we, said. We can't thank you enough for giving us time. Uh, tell the people again. Oh, it's been a blast, yeah. How, tell the people how to find you on the – oh, there was, one le- there was one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Um, avoiding – Twitter social landmines. My oh boy. Uh, my drafts in Twitter would probably get me canceled. Like I'll I'll I'll, ta- I'll, I'll tap it out and then I'll be like, nah, I won't send that. <laughs> Do you yeah. have any philosophies to avoid the troubles on social media? Don't get on it. <laughs> it feels like that's the only way to do it. And you had this conversation. <laughs> I saw your tweet about this, and I actually tweeted something similar, like the lunacy that's happening today. And that was actually my opening segment on the show is look, and and anytime it sounds like you're praising, you're like, Oh my God, you're saying it's okay to be racist and and homophobic. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm so glad when we were younger, social media did not exist because like we all say and do stupid things when we're young, but that's part of growing up. We evolve, we get older, we get more mature. The person we are at 30 is very different than we are when we're 13. I'm very different from at 39 than I was at 30. Uh, we grow, we change, and I just hate that people are getting killed. And quote, I'm throwing the air quotes out there, canceled for things they did 15, 10 years I mean, ago. We're I, very different people than we were then. I am not. I'm not saying that I wore blackface or any of that, but. My group of friends, like, we loved the shocking Halloween costumes. I mean, sure, I we went both did. as, um, who's the guy that was Beretta in the 70s that had the parrot on his shoulder? Mm, I see it. I don't know the name, but I see exactly And he about murdered that. his wife. I went as him mm. in a jumpsuit. Uh, I mean, like, nowadays, like, that'd probably get you canceled. But like they don't because they don't have pictures of it or whatever. Like I just think of all these things that I did when I was stupid, like before I was 21. And like I'm just like now they got cameras everywhere. And like how do you explain to a kid that like you can't you can't do that because it's going to live forever. Yeah, you got to You got to learn quicker. You got to you got to grow up faster. That's, well, that's, the thing. Uh, it, I'm thing. sorry, Andrew. I didn't mean to cut you off. My, no, my you're wife good. actually, my wife actually manages. Um, a, I'm not going to give them. They don't need the advertising. You guys can put two and two together. And I'm like, uh, she manages a very big retail store, 
and uh, that are, that's everywhere. And like she'll see something on social media, and it might be taken, you know, somewhat political. Uh, and, and it'll be it'll it'll look like it it'll I'll say it, it'll lean a certain way, and I'll tell her you need to delete that. And she's like, why? I said, because somehow somebody's going to get offended by that who works with you. And that's unfortunate where we are right now to the fact that I don't know we're not trying to go down this road too much, but um, the person who got the, the, the lady who got um, canceled from the Mandalorian, was it Gina Carano? Yeah. Like I saw something where she dated Superman. Was it James Cavill? Whoever's in the Snyder cut, that, that Cavill, Superman. Yeah. They dated 10 years ago. And because he dated her, he must feel the same way she does. So they were trying to cancel him from they dated 10 years ago. And just because they dated doesn't mean you feel the same way. And I look sometimes, I'm like, this is a lunacy. This is crazy that because we have a difference of opinion and it's something that may have happened years ago, we don't just change the channel anymore. And we say, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to read it anymore. No, I want you done. I want you canceled. And yeah, my, my best advice, if I didn't have to do social media for my show, I'd probably get off it completely because it is definitely a freaking dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I think, uh, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you got to remember why, why you got on there to begin with. I try to tell Ralph all the time, you know, it's like, it, it doesn't matter if we have 10 listeners or 500 or whatever, whatever the number is. Like, it doesn't matter to me because the whole point of this is to talk saints and build yep. a community where we can have fun doing that, you know, yeah. and you can't, you can't lose sight of the things that, you know, the reasons why you're doing this kind of stuff and, and make sure that you enjoy it. And I just feel like a lot of that stuff, well, you, you absolutely, you have to hold people accountable to the things that they say. But I, I just think the minute you're going out of your way to make your life and other people's lives miserable, like you're kind of losing the whole point. Yeah. Of. yeah my and thing and is that, always- that whole thing with Breeze and the off season, and I don't want to go down this too much, but it all bothered me. It really did because I, I felt so bad for this guy who's done so much for this area. And he was just getting killed from both sides. It's like, this dude can't win. I can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to do the right thing. I mean, doesn't his reputation speak for himself, but there's still people I, I read it. You do too. Yeah. Who still don't forgive him to this day. And I think and here's, absolutely here's the thing, ridiculous. like whether you believe he made a mistake or not. And I believe that he did. Some people might disagree with that, but, what he's done since he's been yeah. a model citizen. He said everything you would want him to say. He's gone out there and he's walked the walk. He's, he's talked the talk and then he's walked the walk. It's like, look, of all the people out there that are going to make mistakes, Breeze deserves the benefit of the doubt over anyone. Just that That's just on the assumption side of things. But everything he's done since. Like, what more can you say about the guy? Well, he, he made a mistake with whatever kind of hair – implants he got <laughs> you know, that that's that's now that's a mistake i mean i saw that on ellen that, that is, is it has it gotten to urlacher stage yet though because they like urlacher now looks like fabio <laughs> i mean i don't know the thing about uh, drew i don't drew bald would look weird his head's kind of strange urlacher urlacher would look fine bald i don't know why that dude didn't just go on home and just be like i'm bald i'm a big linebacker i'm bald like he looks- better hair better hair now drew Brees in current form or marv albert well, well mars is legendary i don't know if it's for a good reason or or infamous uh the fact that you're saying andrew they're in the same conversation is kind of scary for true <laughs> 
I mean, Drew Brees has made like $200 million in his career just from the Saints. Like, he's got to have better hair plugs than that. Like, look, look, Sean will tell you, you don't need hair to be in showbiz. Yeah, well, people also say I have a face for radio, too. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've been so – look, I, I have been bald for so long at this point. I, I've, and I say this sincerely, if I could get hair, and I don't care how luscious it was, I couldn't get it. The first part is accepting it. And once you accept it, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he's worth like $200 million. I would think he could get the best of the best. That's all. He's been going to, he, what you're saying is he's been going to Bosley. Shout out to them. <laughs> well, God, Sean, like, we can't thank you enough. You gave us way more time than we, when, than we asked for and we expected. No, I'm a fan, guys. Thank you. This has been a real pleasure. I would say well overdue and, and really anytime you need me uh, i would love to do yeah, it yeah i just want to have you i'm gonna have, we're gonna have you back on reg more often because i just want you to drag andrew i always enjoy that i mean i think it's <laughs> bullshit that Moscona went on before me i mean i know exactly. he's kind of the king of baton rouge radio and all but that's that's fucked up juge hey well listen it's fa- family privileges man that's all i could say but you're foxy you're in the family too man so we'll, yeah. we got to get you back in uh, you know, next time you're you're ahead of Moscona in the pecking order. That's I promise. right. So, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, Thank you. For for Sean Fox, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Guys, have a great weekend, and we will see you Sunday night on the big show. Thomas will be running everything and bragging about how he got us to number one in Malta.